My name is Barry Taylor. I was involved in the very first 1976 there and back, later called Fink Desert Race. I've always been a motorsport fan, lived in Melbourne up till 1972 and when I got to Alice there wasn't a lot of motor car, motorsport. So we decided that uh, we'd go dirt bikes and actually the Alice Springs Motorcycle Club had been going at that time for many years, I think not long after the Second World War. You know, chaps like Viv Johnson and John Fiddler, my father-in-law, Dean Stevens, they all had a lot of fun on their old BSAs and Royal Enfields. And uh, in the 1975, we thought we should make a big adventure. There was Alan State and Peter State and my good friend Geoffrey Curtis, John Fiddler, uh, Robert Kittle, Peter Kittle, Peter Gunner Sr, Peter Gunner Jr, Ralph Tice. Uh, sadly, uh, Peter Gunner is senior as uh, left us and so is Ralph and Alice Tice. Uh, both, incidentally, were on the organising committee uh, back in 1975. It had been talked about for a short period before 75. Um, a group of guys, uh, including Peter Gunner, Ralph Tice, John Fiddler and, and Viv Johnson, they were the first guys to ride motorbikes across the Simpson Desert in the early 70s, uh, unassisted. And part of their trip, they used what became the Fink Desert Race course. And those guys came back with the idea that we could make something out of it. It sat idle for a little while. Peter Gunner, who was the president of the Alice Springs Motorcycle Club at the time, he was the dreamer, and I say that in a kind way. He actually said, uh, we're going to make this happen. Uh, we're going to have a, a big event. And he actually wrote in the very first program, which was just uh, odd bits of paper, that this event, mark my words, he said, this event will become a national treasure. And he was right. Peter Gunner and I, we had a loan of a four-wheel drive. We drove from just near the airport almost to Rumbalara, marking the track with orange triangle stapled to the old telegraph pole, anything that we could uh, rely on being there in, in a couple of weeks. And then we returned a week later 
We drove to Colgra, to Fink, and did the remainder backwards with the same um, orange markers. We let the countrymen at Fink let them know that that's what we were planning and everybody was happy with that. You've got to remember back in the early 70s in the Northern Territory, there wasn't a lot of rules and regulations, but what we called the NT administration were extremely accommodating at the time. They said, let's do it. Um, Motor Vehicle Registry said, uh, yes, we'll let unregistered motorcycles ride on a public road. And even uh, at the time, Australia National were in charge of the railway line. We even wrote to them and they said, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> so at the time, we didn't encroach a lot on pastoral properties. Most of the track was the main road airport to Deepwell, and then we were on the railway service road, more or less all the way to, to Fink. So whilst we appreciate the pastoralists allowing the race to continue today, we didn't encroach on pastoral properties a great deal back then. Not to say that a lot of the pastorals weren't happy with it anyway. I mean, we were always welcomed by the Hayes at Deepwell and some of the other stations further down the road. And like I said before, we were welcomed by the Fink Apatula people as well. We had a shotgun start right beside the airport and quite apart from anything else, n nobody made any uh, noise about discharging a firearm without a permit in a public place beside the airport. So everybody was very accommodating. <laughs> Peter Gunner fired the shotgun, my shotgun, which I, I still have legally. Not sure how long shotgun starts continued, but uh, I think common sense eventually prevailed and we shelved the shotgun start idea. Some of the younger riders at the time, uh, Greg Rhodes and Peter Kittle, all those guys were in the first five or six out of the 56 that started. So there was a couple of entries from Mount Isa, a guy called John Walker, but uh, no, it wasn't, wasn't to be his his race. Uh, we had a few from Darwin, but uh, uh, they didn't present any problems to Geoffrey at the time. There was a, definitely a party atmosphere at Fink that night. I, I do remember, apart from the refreshments, that we all enthusiastically um, participated in, the overnight temperature was minus six in, in Fink, and and probably I wasn't the only one that slept with my boots and my helmet on. It was that cold, but you know, it was a, the town was was very accommodating and very welcoming 
to that event. I think more so in the following years, you know, the second and the third year, they thought, wow, this has um, put us on the, on the map, more or less. Not that they weren't on the map before, you know, because the tourist industry and other industries were, were all very good for the town. But, the, you know, the net result now is that they estimate something like 7 million comes into the town these days. It wouldn't have been anything like that back then. Back then it was $25 to enter and the prize money, I think, for first place was, I'm a bit rusty on it, but I think it was about $1,500. At our total prize money bill was about $3,000, of which we had zero in the bank at the time. I see Jeffrey often and he's still got his Yamaha DT250 in his garage and um, we, we chuckle often about how you could ride such a thing compared to 10 inches of travel front and back or, or more. Back in those days you were lucky if you had two and a half inches. It was a success on, on the day. Uh, it was exciting to, to, to be in it. There was nothing else like it in the Territory and I would venture to say that there was nothing like it in Australia where you can ride down as fast as you like through the country, camp that night, have a meal provided for you, your fuel catered for and have a breakfast the next morning and ride home as fast as you like the next day. The temperatures when we left on our bikes the next morning were barely above freezing. It was debatable whether it was pleasure or pain. Jeffrey and Peter State will remember that you had to open gates yourself and shut them behind you. And most of us stopped, uh, put the funnel in and uh, filled our bikes up with a jerry can. And uh, I can't remember whether we had two stops or one stop. I think we were able to do it in one stop back in those days, which was at Bunduma. But uh, fuel crews weren't that big. Uh, it didn't take long for them to, to take off. And, you know, the second year, everybody was um, amped up somewhat. And then you only have to look how, how it works. You know, they've got fast fills and fill their bike up in four or five, six seconds. Looking back now, what the um, successive committee people and presidents have done since we left, and I left in 1985, they've done a fantastic job in, in making it international. I think a lot of people like to compare it to the Southern Hemisphere, Dakar, but probably not up there with Dakar, but it is uh, something that I'm, I'm very proud of that the committee and I brought to life. The intention of organising the event was, was to make an adventure and it certainly was back in those days and, I'm, and I have little doubt that, that it still is today. I think we all thought we were beautiful at the time. But um, the times change. <laughs> uh, it was an, an exciting uh, event 
to organise and it was even more exciting to be in. I'd like to wish all the uh, competitors and the riders and drivers for this year the best of luck and come home safe.